0: Well, I'd like to welcome y'all here this morning to beginning the service. So we'll remind everyone that we will have our business meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. You're welcome to be here. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 234, Jesus Loves Even Me, number 234. Mm-hmm. We understand that we've come out here today to talk about how Jesus does love us and what he has done for us and what he will continue to do for us so that we can have that eternal life says our father I'm so glad that our father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given and that's this book that lies before us and book that you have and in your homes that's the book called the holy bible And we can all have an opportunity. We do have an opportunity to sit down to read those things and to get a better understanding on it of how the wonderful things in the Bible I see, this is the dearest, that Jesus loves me. And I want us to all understand that that it is His will, it's His Father's will that we all be saved. And He has such a great love for us, what He did for us, how He died on that cross so that we could have that eternal life. So I want us to remember those things and keep in mind what a great love that he has and that we should return that love to him because of all that he has done. And we've talked about last week and we've talked about some this week, even with some of the others that have been with, of that great debt that he has forgiven us And it's difficult for us to understand how great a debt that was or how it is if you haven't had it taken away. But He can remove it all, every bit of it, and give us peace and hope and love for Him and His Father. That charity that He's promised to give to us that new birth. And then we can be at one with His people here upon the earth and be at one with all of His kingdom here. And let's put our faith and trust in Him, not in ourselves, realizing that we know absolutely nothing and we are nothing and we can do nothing spiritually. There is no good work in us spiritually. If there's anything good it's coming from the cause that we have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that we're able to use to do a good work. So let's thank Him for it and be at one with Jesus Christ today. I've opened here this morning to Luke. I think we'll read some there. This is the sixth chapter of Luke, and let's start reading at the seventeenth verse of so the sixth chapter. And he came down with them, and he stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast and of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Now, I wonder this morning if we have all come out here with the same kind of enthusiasm and the same kind of faith and the same kind of trust that these people had. They didn't have a great, nice building to be able to come in. They didn't have good transportation that they could ride to go to where he was, but they were walking and they stood in the plane out into the a, maybe like a wilderness almost, out where there was nothing much there. They stood there in the plain. The company of his disciples and a great multitude out of Judea and Jerusalem, coming out of this these towns and this area there, to come for what? Which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And I know today that we should be coming here to hear the word of Jesus Christ and to be healed of our spiritual diseases. Whatever it might be, anything that is there that is wrong with our spiritual part, if we will listen and hear the word of God and go to him, just as these people, they had gone to him to hear the word and to be healed. Have we come out today to be healed and to be spiritually and to hear His Word today, that's the question that should be in each and every one of us' minds. And it should be, the answer should be yes. I have come out to hear the Word just as these people, and I put forth the effort just as they did. And I want to hear His Word, and I want to be healed spiritually. And if it's necessary, the Lord can heal us naturally also, if there's things there that need to be taken care of. If we put our full faith and trust in him, he can show us what we, can, what we should do in all manner of all things here that can control our lives. And the whole multitude, he says, sought to touch him. They were seeking him, just whatever he could give to them, to just, if they could just get to him and touch him. And he says virtue was going out of him. And we can have that same thing today. We can reach him through prayer. He is available to us just as much as these people were there and they could touch him naturally. You have the opportunity to touch him spiritually today. There is no difference the way I look at it. That those people were there, they had an interest, And their goal was that I want to get to Jesus Christ and be able to touch him so that I can be healed. Today, spiritually, you and I have just as much opportunity to go to him and he is just as available to us today as he was for them. And if we go to him asking, begging, seeking, and with the same faith that these people had, that same virtue That spiritual life will be able to come unto us. It will go out of Jesus. It will come from God the Father into Jesus and then come to us. That new birth, that new spirit, then we are able to grow and we are able to walk in the way that he would have for us to walk. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and he said, now he saw them all out there. He could see these things and he knew that he had a message to give to those people that would help them on their journey. And what he did, he just lifted up his eyes and looking around upon the people there. And he saw that there was a great need. He knew that they had come out seeking something. And I hope we've all come out here today, not just because it's a tradition, but we've come out here seeking help for our immortal soul. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and he said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. And he's talking about they're not necessarily poor in things of this world, but he's talking about poor in our spiritual life, knowing that we are absolutely nothing and can do nothing spiritually on our own. He says, blessed be ye poor. When you understand that, that you must rely upon Him and you must become as that little child that we talked about last week, totally dependent upon Him. Then you can see how poor and undone you are. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. For yours is the kingdom of God. You can obtain to that then. You can have it. You can receive it, is what he's saying. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for you shall laugh. Just thinking about all these conditions that he, he's telling us are there. He says, when you're poor in spirit, you can receive when you totally understand that and seek Jesus Christ, you can be rich spiritually. If you're hungry now after the spiritual part, he says, you will be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now and you see how undone you are and you weep your lost condition. He says, you shall laugh. You shall, he shall give you that spiritual joy. Peace. Blessed are ye when you when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy, for behold your reward is great in heaven, and in like manner did their father unto the prophets. Rejoice in that day when you receive that spirit. Rejoice when you are at one with Jesus Christ. Behold, your reward is great in heaven, he says. He's promised us that reward of eternal life. is what he's saying if we go there and if we believe upon him. Trust him. For in like manner did their fathers and to the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich. For you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are rich. And again, what he is talking about there is rich in our own self, rich in our that we are spiritually good in our own self, and that we do not have to depend upon him, is what he's talking about there. We're rich in ourselves. He says, you've received your consolation. You have received it because now you're looking at yourself in a conceited type way of look how good that I am. Look what I am doing here upon the earth. That's not what he's asking for at all. He says, woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Now he's talking about two total different conditions. The first ones that we talked about there from that 23rd chapter on down there, he was talking about how that we were mourning or, or that if we looked upon ourselves as poor that we, and we were looking upon ourselves as hunger for the righteous spirit, then we would be filled and we would be full of joy. But now he's talking about if you're rich in your own self, and you don't feel like you need Christ Jesus. You, need, you feel like that you can just do these things on your own and that you'll be okay. He says you've received all that you're going to ever receive while you're here upon this earth. He says you feel like now that you're okay. So that's what you are going to be able. That's all that you're going to have. But what does he tell about in other places how he has said that those that are that come that way. He says, I will tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. He says, woe unto you that laugh now that you feel like that I'm okay and you're just going across living a life here, a worldly sinful life, but I'm okay. For you shall mourn and weep. There'll come a time when you will see how wrong that you have been and how bad that that were condition. It will be woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you for so did their fathers to the false prophets. And we can see and we have seen and listen he's telling us. He says you can see in how people go around and they look at some of these teachers, these false teachers and they say look how good they are and look what they are doing and they're just teaching love. And that we have to be tolerant and we have to just live in accordance with whatever man likes to do. He says, woe unto you then when people speak well of you, when they think of you, that you are okay and that you are just going along with the things of the world. He said, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Be careful is what he's saying. That... We draw near to Christ and resist Satan and he has to flee. Draw near to Jesus Christ and he will draw near to you. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, Forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as men would, and as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Now he just went over several things there. The only way that we can have that, and we can love our enemies and do good unto them is by having that love from God the Father and be able to do those things. Be able to forgive others and to have a love for them. And it doesn't matter what they do to you. Be there ready to just give unto them whatever whatever God shows you to do to help them. Give every man that asketh of thee and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Now that's something that we all need to have written in our mind and in our heart, that what we want to be doing is doing unto others as we would have them do unto, uh, to us. That is one of the golden rule there. To love thy neighbor as thyself. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love thy neighbor as thyself. And if we follow those things, all these will fall right into place. And if you do good unto them. I'm sorry, I skip For if you love them, which love you, what think have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what think have ye? For sinners also do the same. Can you see there's a difference in the spirit, the people with the spirit of God and with those that still have that same undone spirit that is within them? He just tells me, he says, oh, they're just looking around and they see somebody. If they do something, if somebody does something good for them, will they feel like that they can do something good for them, them back in turn? That's not what he's talking to us. He says, do good even to those that do you hurt. And if any do good to them, which do good to you, What thank have you? He says, you're no different from anybody else. Why do you just do that? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners, also lend to sinners to receive as much again. And let's be careful with all of these things. What you know, we can it, just in our natural life. If we go out and we do something for someone else, or we give them someone something to someone else, are we looking to get praise back from them? If we're not careful, that can be why we would do certain things is so that I can receive praise from somebody here upon the earth it's not because i want to help them it's not because i am following what it is here it's because i want to do this and then i want to hear how good i did coming from them be careful with that don't go out with that kind of a mind that I am going to do something for you, but then I want to ask you how good it was and what you did and all these things. Did you enjoy it? Did you receive those things? Be careful with that. Just give, hoping that people are able to use, and that's all we need. We don't need praise from someone. Let that praise come from the Lord. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again? But love you your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil." Now that just kind of sums up the things that I was just talking about. He says, "But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again." That just goes back to all, and just brings all of those verses that we just read. That just brings it right back there. And he says, "Now here's what I want you to how I want you to live for your reward shall and your reward shall be great." And he's talking about that heavenly reward. And you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. The children of the highest. Who is that? Who is a child of the highest? those that have repented, those now that have that new birth, now that are a son of God. That's what he's talking about. That's who he's talking about. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. and He is kind to all of us. And every one of us had that kind of a spirit within us before we repented, before we received that new birth. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. And we read about that last week and talked about how merciful He is and how He showed how He gave the parable and He wants us to understand that look how merciful He is to us and how He has let us continue to live here upon the earth and take away that great debt that debt that that there was absolutely no way, it was totally impossible for you or for me to try to repay that debt, to try to pay our sinful debt. Absolutely impossible. But through Christ Jesus, all things are possible. And he has taken that debt away, that great debt, and he says, "Be ye therefore merciful." And I want us to remember how merciful he is to us. And he's telling us, "Now you go out and you be merciful, just like that, to others. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven." Promise of Jesus Christ. This is what he. His, these are his words. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And I know, and there's people though that go out and they usually type verses here to try to get you to give money to them, to certain organizations or whatever. But I believe, and if it's necessary for, the, for you to do those things, let the Lord show you. But there is preachers that I have heard speak, and they would tell you, well, here, just send in some seed money. You send some money to us, and God's going to bless you and give you more and more and more. I don't believe, I think that's a false teacher telling that kind of stuff. But I believe what he's talking about here is be prepared and let God show you what you need to do and how you need to give. And he says give and it shall be given to you and i i believe those things but he also those things should be done in secret that shouldn't be something that you're going out here just posting and showing all kind of things or look what i am doing just give your alms to the lord in secret and he will reward you openly as he Gives it. Give and it shall be given to you good measure. And I know that he has. He has given to this group of people right here good measure, spiritually and naturally. They have been able and they have given to the things here that has been done around this church and around this property and all throughout the years. You have given and you have given of your time, you have given your money, but it has been something I know that he has given back to us because we put our faith and trust there and we have not given these things and done these things to bring glory and honor to ourselves. It is to try to be able to help others and to try to be able, as we use these facilities that we have here, so that we might train our young and that we might help to encourage them and be encouraged among ourselves, working together as a family, as a part of the Word, as a part of the church of Jesus Christ. Shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Just be honest and fair with everybody that you are dealing with, 100% truthful, 100% of the time, honest in everything that we do. And he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceiveth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Now now he's putting it right back to us and he's just warning us and he's showing us some things here that we need to take right to ourselves. First of all, he says there, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Now we need to be sure that we are being led by that Spirit of God and that light, that great light that He has, that spiritual light that is there that will keep us if we can keep our eyes single and have full eyesight that we are not blind spiritually. Now He says there, if you would said you were blind, I will make you to be able to see and that's what I want to be able to do. I I want to be blind to the things of the world but have full sight of the spiritual things of God and His Son. And that's what he's talking about. If, if we don't have that, if we don't have those eyes to see spiritually, we will fall into the ditch. And if we are listening and being led by someone that does not have that spiritual eyes and that spiritual wisdom and knowledge, he says you'll both fall into the ditch. And that's where I want to be extremely careful and be begging daily for spiritual wisdom and knowledge that I am able to encourage others, to encourage this group of people in the way that God would have it to be done so that we both can travel on that straight and narrow path and see victory be able to receive of that great reward that he has talked about, we've already talked about here, that he says we shall be able to receive. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is is perfect shall be as his master. Now we are not above Jesus Christ. But he says that those that have that perfect spirit, and think about that. At new birth, do you think that it is defiled in any way? It's the Spirit of God. That is a perfect spirit. There is is nothing evil in that spirit that comes from Him. And what he's telling us here, that we can all have that. The disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. That we can discern right from wrong, just as God and just as Jesus Christ was able to do. With His Spirit that we are able to receive, we can discern that. And we can have power over it if we will use it. Do we all understand that today? His Spirit is not defiled. It is a perfect Spirit. Now will we use it in that manner? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. And he's just instructing us very carefully of how we need to be looking right here at us. I need to be looking right at my condition and you need to be looking right there. Instead of looking off and trying to say, well, look at so-and-so over there. Look what they're doing. And it may be something very small considering what you are involved in or what I am involved in. Just be looking right at our own individual self. And he says, You clean up yourself. He says, Brother, let me, he says, Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, he says. And we should never be, and that is something that goes on throughout the world today. And I've heard, basically all my life how people will use that type thing as an excuse not to go to church because they'll say they're just a bunch of hypocrites there because they proclaim to be Christians but look at how they live through the week they proclaim there and they want to tell me how wicked and how how I need to be coming to church But look at how they live. Look at the beam in their eye. Do you see what I'm talking about here? How can we profess to be Christians and to profess to encourage others and to profess to help them on their journey when we have not got our house in order ourselves? That's the first and foremost thing that we all have to do, friends is to get our house in order and there is only one way that that can happen. Through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can have our spiritual house cleaned and when we can be able then to encourage our brother and not be as a hypocrite, but to be living the way that God would have for us to live by using His Spirit, by using His power To overcome Satan, clean that house up. And then shall thou see clearly to pull out the moat that is in thy brother's eye. That is what we need to be looking for and searching for. To be in that condition so that we can help. First of all, help ourselves. And then we can help our brother. That's the love that you have for him. Not coming there with a better than thou attitude. But going to him in love. And in care. And to help them. To see. What Jesus has done for you. And what he will do for them. But if we go in there with the way he's talking about the other there, with that beam in our eye that we are not living the way that Christ would have for us to live. What good will it do? For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. Listen carefully at that. And we can people can say all manner of things about, yes, I'm saved, I know Jesus Christ, and I'm saved. But what kind of fruits are coming? And I want you to be able to say that yes, I know Jesus Christ and yes, I am saved. And yes, I am bringing forth the fruits that He would have for me to bring forth. He will furnish the good friend. He is the good sower. He is the sower. And He is casting that seed out. What kind of ground are you allowing that seed to fall on? For every tree bringeth, every good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. That should be very easy for us to understand and realize what is going on in our life. Just think about that. He says, if we are a good tree, if we are full of that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, there will be no corrupt fruit, there will be no corrupt works in our life if we are using it properly. And he says there, if you are a corrupt tree, you cannot bring forth good fruit. Oh yes, people look around and say, well yeah, I'm living a good moral life. But that's not going to take, that's not going to get you into heaven. A moral life is not going to be there, get you there. What's going to get you there is full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, receiving of that new birth, and then letting that perfect spirit that He gives to us do the works within us. That is what's going to get us there repenting of our sins to be able to receive that. And then we can see victory. But if we want to live like the world and be corrupt like the world, that's what will take place. That's it. You are free agent. Each and every one of us are. And we can do and He will allow us to live in whatever manner that we want to live. For every tree is known by His own fruit. And every one of us, God knows us by our fruits of of the Spirit that is within us. And that will be the fruits of this flesh that is here. We will either be doing a work to God or a work to Satan. It's just that plain and simple. For every tree is known of his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. How can you say that I'm living with that carnal, worldly mind, but I'm bringing forth righteous fruits? He says that hey, you can't do that. He says you look, just look at the trees. He he makes it very plain for us to understand this if we want to. If we truly want to understand that we can. Do you think there that you're going to go and you, if you wanted to find figs, that you would go to a thorn bush to find it? Do you think if you wanted to live and have a righteous life, you would go to some place that the Lord has condemned, some place of entertainment, some place where there is all manner of evil going on? Do you think that's where you're going to want to go and to take that? For of thorns do men gather figs? Do you want to be with the righteous or do you want to be with the world? nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. He makes it very plain and simple of where we want to, what we need to do spiritually if we want to reap eternal life. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Listen, it's just very plain and clear if we want to hear these things. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, a good man, that is the only way that that can be classified as that, is with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us. What does he say then? He says that you, those people, will bring forth a good work. Out of the treasure. What is His treasure? That is that Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That that is the law and the the words that is written in your mind and in your heart that comes from God the Father. He, He has promised to do those things. That is your treasure. And there's things new and old that He will fill that treasure with. And that treasure is there available to us to take out of it at any time we need it. People will lay up treasures here upon the earth, maybe fill up something. Maybe somebody say, I've got a treasure chest and I put all kinds of things that I feel like I might need at a later time on it. But then, and then when there's times that they see that they need that, then they can go to that and pull it out and use it to their benefit. And that's what he's talking about here, that we can have that good treasure the word of god written in our mind and in our hearts in that new heart that he has given to us that we're able then to bring it out and and bring it forth that which is good and that's what we should be seeking for to bring forth what is good in our life not what is evil But that's what he says, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. And that's the nature of man. And man has been that way all the way along since they fell. Since Adam and Eve transgressed there in the garden, man has had that evil treasure in his heart. So much so that the Lord basically destroyed the world at one time with a flood because of it. There was only eight people that survived that. Because of their wickedness, because of their evil thoughts, everything about them, it was evil, he said. And he destroyed them, basically. And then, but he gave them an opportunity. He gave a, left a seed here for man to come back. And look around throughout the earth today at all the billions of people that's here upon the earth. And it all came from two in the beginning. And then at, at the flood, there was only eight that were saved. But now look and see what has taken place. How many would be saved here upon the earth today? If the Lord came back today, how many people are following His Word? Let's just break it down to this. How many of us are truly following His Word and would be able to rise with Him today? We've got that opportunity and we can if we'll just do as He says. Have that good treasure in our heart and bring forth that which is good. Get that evil treasure out. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And he says you can't bring forth sweet water and bitter water out of that same, that little tongue that is full of deadly poison. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I want us all to think about that right there. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now, again, this is words that Jesus Christ was saying to the people. And we can see that throughout the world today. And I want us to everyone look at our own individual self today. Would we fall into that category of calling him Lord, Lord, saying, yes. I go to church, yes. Yes. I have repented. And that's what he's talking about here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I say. And we have been warned. We have been talked so much about these things. It has been over and over and over brought to our attention about what he says. He that hears my words and does them. And he that hears my words and does not them. That ought to be in our mind. We ought to be able to see that know it and understand what the situation is in every one of those situations. Why call you me Lord, Lord and do not the things that I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them I will show you to whom he is like. And now he's just bringing it right down through it's just exactly what the part here that has been gone over, over, and over, and over, and over with us. And are we listening? Are we allowing this to sink in? Whosoever cometh me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. And every one of us has that opportunity today to dig deep into our life and let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us and build our spiritual life, our spiritual work upon that rock of Jesus Christ. And we will see victory if we do that. Satan cannot overpower you. That's just what he said. He says here that all the things that beat upon that house, that person that does that, it will stand. And if we will put our full faith and trust in Jesus Christ and build our spiritual life upon Him and Him only, Satan has no power over you and you will stand. But then he goes on and he says, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I think we've read this so many times and it just is, it should be in our heart and our mind. That fall, the ruin of that house was great. Isn't that a terrible thing to think about? We're not talking about a natural house here. He's talking about that spiritual house. You hear the Word. You come out and you hear the Word today and every day. And then you go out and you do not live it. You say, Lord, Lord and do not the things that I say. That's what goes on throughout the world today. Let's don't let that be once proclaimed in our life. And he says that rains came and the stream beat on it, the temptations and the trials coming from Satan, and that house fell. That spiritual house failed. And what happens when that spiritual house is failed and we don't have an opportunity again? We are now doomed to eternal hell. That's what he's saying. The ruin of that house was great. Friends, put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's nothing to be ashamed of there's nothing to be discouraged about yes he will tell us these things but that's his love he was warning these people because he loved them he wanted to see them say lord lord and do the things that he said so that they could have that eternal life that his father has prepared that he has prepared he says i go away i go back To my Father, and where I go, I am going there to prepare a place for you. And He says, If it were not so, I would have told you. But in my Father's house are many mansions, and that's something to be encouraged about that you can have one of those by putting your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our Master, our Lord. Be part of of His kingdom here upon the earth. Let's turn over to Romans and read a little bit there today. We're starting here in this third chapter. Let's start reading here at the ninth verse. What then? Are we better than they, no and no wise? For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Now this is where I to all to understand that we are, each and every one of us, are under sin before we have repented of that. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Not a one of us have come here with a righteous spirit. But every one has come here with an evil spirit. But Jesus Christ made it possible for us to be whole. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God the natural man there's none that understands that about what they need to do there is none that is seeking after God now what are we doing today do we have that understanding is there righteousness within you and have you got that new birth and got that new treasure there they're all gone out of the way they are together Become unprofitable, there is none that doeth good, no not one, their throat is an open sepulchre, and with their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. What do you say that comes out that comes out of that man by his mouth that defiles him. And here he is, Paul, warning these people about the same thing, that their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues, they have used deceit. An open sepulcher would be full of, of corruption. You didn't want it to be open, you wanted it closed. Their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. What comes out of our mouth? Are we able to control that tongue? Absolutely not. There's only one way we can control it and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. He can tame it for us, but you can't. I can't. But it can be tamed. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Where's that love? Love. That he's talked about. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And he's talking about this is the attributes of an unrighteous person. And he says, Destruction and misery are in their ways because they hear the word and they do it not. And great is that fall of that house. Destruction and misery. And the way of peace have they not known? Christ has promised peace. If we haven't known it, if you don't know it today, you're in a lost condition. He says, I will give you peace. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God in their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. And all the world is guilty before God today. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin." But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And now he's telling us, he says, now the, the law there, it will condemn things, but the law will not save you. You can see that the law, by living the law, it might condemn your sin, but that's all it can do. It could not forgive you there. But even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. Now that's what will save us. That's what will give us eternal life, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For there is no difference in man, Jew, Greek, white, black, Hispanic. does not matter what it is. There is no difference in man in that spirit that we came here with. For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now when we repent, then, He says, being justified. Our life can be justified. Our sins taken away freely. It's a free gift. By His grace, through the redemption by Jesus Christ redeeming us, by Him being the perpetuation for our sins, has redeemed us from eternal hell in Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth to be the perpetuation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now listen what he's saying very carefully to that. Whom God set forth, Jesus Christ, he brought him here to the earth as a man. He came and was born of a woman that never knew man. The Holy Ghost overcame her and she conceived and brought forth this man. And that man, that child grew to manhood. And he suffered all the things that we might would ever suffer here upon the earth. And he went through every temptation to appease the wrath of God. And through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ and by us having faith that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and He did appease God by the things that He did here upon the earth to declare His righteousness. Declare the righteousness of God by Jesus Christ overcoming sin for the remission of sins, for the remission of sins in you and in the remission of sins in me that are past, that we were born with, and it was in us as we came through the life before we repented through the forbearance of God. Jesus Christ filled with the Spirit of God in the flesh and Him forbearing all things. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness. Now, getting right down to where what's being declared here to each and every one of you today. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ our Lord that's available to every one of us today. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, that is there if we want to receive it and we want to repent of our sins. It is there, friends, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and a justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Believe in him and be justified. It sounds almost unbelievable. And it does to the sinner. But to the one that knows Jesus Christ and knows what He has done, we know that this is accurate. We know that it is his, the truths of Him. So let's put it to practice and let's be at one with Him. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Where is boasting then? There is no boasting in us over this. He says it's excluded in the righteous. By what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And that's how He is justified. That's how we are received that salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone, not in what our works are, but by faith in Him. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. We can go out here and try to Adhere to the law all day and forever and come up at the end of the day and be lost because we did not accept the power of God through Jesus Christ. We did not accept Jesus as the Son of God. We did not accept Him as our Savior. And we did not repent of our sins. We just tried to justify ourselves by moral works and you will come up lost, if that's the case. We conclude that a man is justified by faith, and that's where what you are able to receive. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. We don't want to go out here and say, well, just because now I have faith in Jesus, now I can just go live as I want to. The law has pointed out certain things that we must avoid. And he says we must continue to that, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith, and that is the circumcision of the heart being cut off from the things of the world. It doesn't matter whether you have that natural circumcision or uncircumcision as the words that he was talking and there was people contending about things such as that in that day. A natural law. But now it's the law of grace. And we can all be circumcised in the heart. Male, female, whatever it might be. Through faith in Jesus Christ Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. We establish that these are the words of God. This is how he has asked for us to live. And he says, now I'm telling you these things. Now live in accordance with that. Hear my words and do them. That's what he wants for all of us to do. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid, we establish the law. Let's turn over here in this same book. Read just a little bit here. There's a lot in this 8th chapter. Let's read a little bit in the 8th chapter there. (coughs) Starting at that first verse, 8th chapter of Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And you see how all these things ties back in. That we're walking not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And he says there is no condemnation in that. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For accepting Christ Jesus, receiving that new birth that Christ Jesus said that we had to have, hath made me free, He says. And each and every one of us can be made free spiritually today from the law of sin and death. Is that what we're looking for? Have we come out seeking that today? Do we want to understand and know more and have that peace? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Now this is what I've mentioned and talked about. How that Jesus Christ came here and He lived here on the earth and He overcame sin. He condemned sin in man. He condemned it by not yielding to it at all. That yes, these are things that God has said that we should live and that we should stay away from and do this. And Christ condemned it in the flesh by living a godly life. God sent in His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now what are we walking after today? The flesh? Is that what we are looking for and what we are trying to entertain this body and do all that we can to, and walking after what the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life and all those things? But are we walking after the Spirit? The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. What is in our life? What kind of fruit is it bringing? Good fruit. Or bad fruit. He says, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the good fruit, is what those that are living in accordance to the Spirit, hearing His Word and following them. But those that are hear His Word and does not are living after the flesh, and they mind the things of the flesh, which leads to destruction. But to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. Wonderful peace that's available to us. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is empty against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That carnal mind, he says, is an enemy of God. And again, we can go back and we see what he was talking about, what Christ was talking about, how the things of this world and getting away from them. And you're Paul instructing these people. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's that carnal mind. So then men that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh. Now that's what I want you to, to see and understand here. He says that if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. Be careful. Don't take that out of context. There's some people that do. But then he goes right on and he says that he's talking about now those that are born in the Spirit, those that have that new birth. He says, but you are not in the flesh. But yes, those that still have that carnal nature, those that have not had that new birth, they are in the flesh and they cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And that comes with the new birth. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Brings it very, I mean, just plain as everything. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, you are not a part of Christ's kingdom. Not a part of Christ's church. Not a son of God. Doesn't matter how much you can say that you are. Doesn't matter how much... you feel like how good of life you're living, if you don't have that new birth, that new spirit within you, He said He is none of His. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And this body is dead to the things of the world. If Christ be in us, but the spirit is life but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. And of what He's telling, the way I look at that there, and I listen carefully, He says, If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. That's that new birth. That new spirit. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Quicken this body that you are living in today. This mortal body that is there, quicken it. Give it spiritual life by His Spirit that dwelleth in you, that the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, when He quickens this mortal body, and he, He's telling us all these things He's doing there, that we're debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. What He's telling us is that He will give you power in this body, in this flesh, to live according to He, as He would have it to be done, that you would be able to bring forth good works because He has brought forth, He has given spiritual life into this body that we are living in here today. That's what He's telling us there. That He will give this body spiritual life so that you can bring forth good works. Now remember, you cannot have that before salvation, before you had faith, and before you repented. That's how you're able to get that new birth. And that's now how you're able to be delivered from the corruption, the bondage, and to the glorious liberty of the children of God. And have power over sin and be able to bring forth good works. For not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within it ourselves, waiting for the adoption to quit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. Hope in Jesus Christ. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what doth he hope for? But if we hope for that we see, then do we with patience wait for it. We wait for it. We know that Jesus Christ has given us that. We haven't seen Him in the flesh. but We have hope. And we know that He can. And we know then that we've got that power. And we can see that. If we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God making intercessions for us. He knows what we need, and He sees our condition, and He knows when we need the help, and He will give it to us. He will send it to us. But remember, we have to follow what He says. Live in accordance with Him. For the creature was made subject to vanity. I'd skip some there, but for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of Him who has subjected the same in hope. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Keep that in mind as we go through this coming week. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if sons, then heirs to the kingdom of God. His words are true. The words that we have talked about and we read about today, they're the truths of God. We can accept it or we can reject it. Accepting it will give us eternal life. Rejecting it will give us eternal hell. Be it one. Accept Him. And let's all see victory. We'll sing number 307, Amazing Grace. such beautiful words in that song. There is such encouraging words in that song. I want us to all put that in our heart. And let's just keep it as first and foremost in front of us. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Singing God's praise for saving us from the raft of hell. And we have that opportunity today. Walk with Jesus. Let us pray. To God the Father, thank you for the wonderful words of exhortation today. Thank you for your love and your kindness and your mercy that You are pouring out to us so that we can draw closer to You and we can be at one with You. Lord, we ask You to just show us what we can do to encourage others and how we can use the things that You've entrusted into our hands, how we can use them to help others to have a better life spiritually and naturally. Most of all, spiritual. Because if we don't have anything in this life, but we have that new birth from You, we have it all. Lord, fill us with Your spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And we just thank You again for all You've done. And we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.